You're listening to The Lunar Body, a podcast for feminist menstruators who want to manage their health naturally and supernaturally through nutrition, herbalism, and intuitive expansion using science and the moon as your guides. Hey everyone, welcome to The Lunar Body. I'm your host, Kristen Ciccolini, period priestess, nutritionist, and the founder of Good Witch Kitchen. How are you? How are you? The first month of 2021 is almost over. 2020 is finally behind us. Hopefully, you're still feeling a renewed sense of motivation to take care of yourself and do what's in your power to feel your best. The first few episodes of this show are going to be more on the practical side. The witchiness is coming, I promise, but I think it's important to have a foundational understanding of the way your body works before we move into the more exciting stuff. Not that this is going to be boring, not that learning about your body can't be exciting. I actually find it thrilling to teach this stuff because our male-centered society has made it so that we have to find this shit out for ourselves. And to see people uncover all the power that's within themselves and how they can really get in tune with their bodies to get the most out of their happiness and creativity and peace in life, that is super exciting to me. So today we're going to talk about hormone imbalance, and I'm hoping to shed some light on your symptoms if you're feeling them, and give you a place to start finding the root of what's causing them. But first, my standard disclaimer that this information is for educational purposes only. It is not a replacement for medical advice, and it's your responsibility to speak to a qualified healthcare provider about your unique needs. The final decision when considering any course of therapy, whether it's discussed on the internet in a podcast or prescribed by your doctor is always your own. Hormones are the chemical messengers of your body and major players in your health. They essentially tell your body what to do and when and have a lot of say in how everything from your fertility, sleep, sex drive, metabolism, mental health, energy, and more play out. The body is a complex network where everything is connected, and knowing how interconnected it all is, it's safe to say that if your hormones are out of whack, you'll feel it in places that may not seem related at all. For those of you in lunar bodies, meaning those of you with a menstrual cycle, your hormones are delicate, so a small shift can be felt in a big way. But how do you know exactly if an imbalance is causing your symptoms? Getting tested is the most assured route to an answer, but sometimes you don't even know where to start, what to ask for, how anything's even related. So we'll just begin with the basics here. What is a hormone imbalance? A hormone imbalance simply means that you're either producing too much or not enough of certain hormones. And again, it's a delicate balance. Think of it like the story of Goldilocks and the Three Bears. We call it the Goldilocks Principle. You don't want too much or too little, but just the right amount because, again, a seemingly small shift can make a big difference. And this doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with your body if you're feeling symptoms. It might not feel great and... Obviously, there's something that needs to be adjusted, but your body is very smart, and it's often working the way it was designed to in response to whatever you're dealing with. So it's not that there's anything wrong technically, but you know it is telling you that something is off and something needs to change. Everything happens for a reason, and I'm talking about an actual scientific reason, not a love and light bullshit kind of reason. And here's what I mean by that. 
Hormone imbalance actually serves an evolutionary purpose. Your body prioritizes three things for survival, safety, sustenance, and sex in that order. And I'll explain as we go further. But the longer that you've been out of balance, the more time it'll take to recalibrate or it might take to recalibrate. But that doesn't mean it's impossible. It's key to get to the root of the problem as soon as you can. And you've already taken the first step by getting curious and listening to this episode. So congratulations, give yourself a pat on the back. But when you go to the doctor, rather than getting to the root of the problem, oftentimes what happens is that they prescribe birth control. And I'm all for birth control if you need it. But it's prescribed for regulating irregular periods, managing PMS, treating pain and other symptoms from conditions like endometriosis and PCOS, and, you know, all the reasons outside of preventing pregnancy. But does it actually regulate or treat anything? No. And again, I'm not against birth control, but I do think it is overprescribed and used as a solution to the wrong problem. Because if you have a hormone imbalance and you go on birth control, all the pill does is suppress your natural cycle. So it puts a pause on everything to help manage your symptoms, which is great if you if they're really terrible and you really need to work through them. But does it get to the root of the problem and target why it's all happening? No. So if you do have to go on it for reasons outside of contraception, it is worth looking into why you need to go on that in the first place. So again, no shame in taking the pill. I was on it for like 14 years. (laughs) Um, But yeah, if you are going to be taking it to manage symptoms, you also want to look at why those symptoms are happening while you're using birth control to manage it. But how do you know if you have a hormone balance in the first place? How do you know if that's what your symptoms are telling you? This is a big question. Since there are many hormones in the body and even more ways that things can go awry, it's hard to pinpoint exactly what's going on for you without an evaluation from your health practitioner. Unfortunately, this is not something your doctor typically checks up on in your annual physical. And for some reason, doctors are really weird about testing and getting the test you explicitly ask for. If someone could tell me why, I would love to know, but you might have to get vocal. And lucky for you, part of my job as a nutritionist is to be a patient advocate too. I help clear the lines of communication between doctor and patient and help clients know what to ask their doctors, help them understand their doctor's recommendations. But being in tune with yourself and being able to listen to your body can help you get a leg up on this and be a better advocate for your own health as well. And it will take some time to get in tune with your body to understand when something feels off and how to articulate it to your doctor. So I do recommend going back to the last episode for a basic understanding of how your cycle works to get more familiar with your natural ebbs and flows. Because there are so many possible symptoms of different hormone imbalances, I'm going to address the most common issues that I see and what can impact them. And when it comes to figuring out the root of your problems, sometimes it can be like following little clues and breadcrumbs. So maybe what you hear today might be a breadcrumb for you. The first area where I see issues is with stress hormones. We are all super stressed. If you weren't stressed before 2020 happened, good for you, but you're probably stressed now, right? (laughs) We are chronically stressed more than ever before. And that means our stress hormones are chronically elevated too. 
Cortisol, which you may have heard of, it's an adrenal hormone. The adrenal glands are where our stress hormones come from. And cortisol is a stress hormone that helps you deal with physical stress or perceived stress, so mental stress. But if you're constantly finding yourself in heart palpitating situations, that chronic stress, which also means chronically high cortisol, can create even more problems. This is our fight or flight mode, which we only want to use when we really need it. Otherwise, it can get burnt out. And cortisol isn't inherently a bad thing. We need it to survive. It's naturally high in the morning, which helps us feel alert and ready and motivated for the day. And we also get a surge in stressful situations when we need that alertness to help us run away from danger. But the problem is we have a lot of stressors these days. And long, long ago, our lives were pretty chill. You foraged for some berries, maybe you hunted every now and then, but the big stressor was outrunning a tiger when you were searching for food. I know like every wellness person talks about outrunning saber-toothed tigers and all that. I don't even know if that's true, but <laughs> I mean, maybe, but that's, that's the situation that I'm going to use here. You're outrunning a tiger while you're out looking for berries and that's a big deal. And we might not be running away from dangerous animals anymore, but we're running away from other things. We have Big stressors like racism, fat phobia, transphobia, sexism, systemic oppression, and stigma, and capitalism, running ourselves ragged, trying to keep up the pace. These are all big stressors. And we have smaller stressors that still feel pretty big, like our phone notifications going off all the time, traffic, emails from your boss. Also, that thing, um, what's it called? A pandemic. Yes, that too. Um, That's a major one. They're coming every which way. And our generation deals with so much more than previous generations. We deal with capitalism and student debt and a housing crisis and stuffing more information into our brains within 30 minutes of waking up than some generations would get in an entire week, right? (laughs) We just have so much going on and so much to take in and so much to process and deal with. And it's, you know, I'm going on a tangent here, but man, it's fucking exhausting, right? And the thing is, our bodies haven't evolved to understand the difference between actual life-threatening stressors like that tiger about to rip you to shreds and one too many email notifications, So there's a lot out there that keeps raising and raising our cortisol. And at some point, our body kind of runs out of cortisol steam because we've essentially been abusing our privileges, you know, consciously or unconsciously, whether it's our doing or not. Some common symptoms of stress hormone imbalance are fatigue, high blood pressure, suppressed immune system, meaning you get sick often, depression, memory loss increased blood sugar, so like that feeling that you have a sugar high or you feel jittery, water retention, notable changes in body composition around the waist, and by notable I mean anything that's happening rapidly or seemingly without reason, reduced ability to tolerate stress, whether that's physically or mentally, low sleep quality, so when you wake up you don't feel refreshed or it takes you a long time to get going in the morning, And missing periods are a very common symptom of stress hormone imbalance. If these sound familiar, what are you doing to relieve your stress? Now's a good time to check in on your self-care activities and see where you can start incorporating more into your daily life. Think about your body as a bank and each stressor as a debit and your acts of self-care are credits. 
So what does your balance look like? Where can you make some changes in your budget? Just like with a real financial budget, you can either cut down on your costs or make more money, make more opportunities for self-care. And self-care I know is an annoying buzzword sometimes, but it doesn't have to be expensive superfood powders or Instagram-worthy baths or anything like that. It can totally be that if that's your thing, but I know it can even add more stress to think about how our self-care routines don't look pretty. But let me tell you, caring for yourself isn't always pretty. For instance, therapy is self-care. If you have ever been in therapy, you know it's not always pretty. My first few sessions with my therapist, I literally just bawled my eyes out the entire time. But you got to go through the ugly to get to the other side, right? No love and light without acknowledging the dark. So take a good look at your stressors. See what you can eliminate so you can focus more on your health and think about what you can add in. Now, I can provide some ideas for you, but no one knows what feels good to your body more than you. And I have a blog post with some free and low-cost self-care ideas that I'll put in the show notes, but I highly recommend that you come up with your own list too. And keep it handy in your wallet or in the notes app on your phone to pull up when you really need it, because it can be hard to actually think about what will make you feel better when you're in the middle of something difficult. So think of it as a gift to your future self. The next common area I see issues with is the thyroid hormones. The thyroid is a butterfly-shaped gland in the neck that regulates metabolism, also our body temperature, menstrual cycle, fertility, mental wellness, digestion, sleep, and more. And our stress hormones are critical for balancing the thyroid. So there's that connection I mentioned earlier, how these systems work together. And remember what I said about evolution, when you're stressed, staying alive is your main priority, no matter where that stress is coming from. So when cortisol is chronically elevated and your body has its guard up all the time, all those other processes that the thyroid hormones regulate go on the back burner while you try to outrun that tiger or, you know, the stresses of modern day, it's all connected. Common symptoms of thyroid hormone imbalance are fatigue hair loss, so either hair thinning on your head or some people notice the outer edge of their eyebrows thinning, dry hair or skin, brittle nails, constipation, anemia, low energy, anxiety, unexplained weight changes, increased sensitivity to cold or heat, remember thyroid regulates body temperature, and digestive issues. So some of these things sound like they're totally unrelated. That's the thing about hormones is it's not always intuitive what's going on. So you kind of have to follow these clues. If you suspect you have a thyroid issue, this is where you'll have to get vocal at the doctor. If you ask to get your thyroid tested, most likely what they'll do is test your TSH levels. That's your thyroid stimulating hormone. And that's a good start. But even if it's within the standard reference range, it's not the full picture. It doesn't tell you whether your body is actually using that hormone properly. It just tells you if you're producing enough. So we want more information. And this is where you'll need to be adamant. And I've experienced this with my doctor. I know countless others have experience this, that even if you ask for the full panel, they'll just do the TSH. So I want you to be very specific with them and ask your doctor to test TSH, free T4, free T5, so free F-R-E-E, reverse T3, TPO antibodies, and TG antibodies. Be very clear and firm about what you want. And I honestly 
don't know why this is such a pain in the ass with doctors when this is such a common issue. One in every eight women develop thyroid problems. Actually, I know why. And it's because women aren't taken seriously. And research shows that healthcare professionals are more likely to dismiss women's and female presenting patients' reports or pain reports as emotional, psychogenic, hysterical, oversensitive, and therefore not real. And that whole sentiment that it's all in your head can be extremely damaging and keep you from getting a proper evaluation and correct diagnosis. So, you know, if it, if they come back and say, oh, your TSH is perfectly normal, then, you know, it's all in your head. But again, that's not the full picture and you might be missing some really important pieces. And missing that evaluation and correct diagnosis, even more likely if you're a person of color who, you know, they're thought to be just able to withstand more pain and suffering. And that's not me exaggerating. There was an article from the Association of American Medical Colleges from 2020, so just last year, stating that half of white medical trainees believe myths that black people have thicker skin or less sensitive nerve endings than white people, which is just unbelievable. absolutely insane. We have a lot, a lot, a lot of work to do in that area. And I'm getting away from the goal of this episode, which is to help you figure out if you have a hormone imbalance. But I do think it's important to talk about these issues, especially if you're dealing with them. I want you to know you are not crazy. It is not all in your head. And then finally, most likely the reason you're here are the issues I see with reproductive hormones. Estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone are critical for menstrual and reproductive health, along with follicle-stimulating hormone, or FSH, and luteinizing hormone, also referred to as LH. And these are all part of a healthy menstrual cycle and for carrying a pregnancy to term, which we talked about in the first episode. Symptoms of a reproductive hormone imbalance include irregular or missed periods, irregular being a cycle less than 25 days or longer than 35 days, or inconsistent in length from month to month. It could be super heavy or super light flow with your period, painful periods and cramping, PMS symptoms, low libido, mood swings, water retention, unexplained changes in weight, insomnia, poor quality sleep acne, and infertility. If that sounds similar to the other symptoms, remember everything is connected. Thyroid hormones are critical for the proper functioning of the lunar reproductive system as well. Let's go back to what I said earlier about hormone imbalance being evolutionary. Safety, sustenance, and sex. Those are the three main priorities in that order. When you're stressed, your body recognizes it's not a safe time to bring a baby into the world, so your sex hormones are put on the back burner along with the thyroid hormones to instead divert energy towards the important stuff, like staying alive. The menstrual cycle prepares you for pregnancy, whether it happens or not, that's the main purpose of it. And even though that's the purpose, just being able to get pregnant if you wanted to, that is very important. So fertility, it's important whether you want kids or not because it's considered a vital sign and it is essentially a monthly report card of how things have gone, not not a moral value judgment on how you've been, good or bad, but it's more just how did the last few weeks go? Does something need to change? In pregnancy, it's a very resource-intensive process. Growing a person inside of you requires a lot of resources, a lot of energy, a lot of fuel, a lot of nutrients. And if you're in danger, your body's like, 
uh uh-uh, no thank you. I need all of my energy and attention on this tiger. So a lot of infertility problems often come down to stress and also not knowing enough about your cycle to know when the optimal times are to get pregnant and how to know when you're actually fertile and whether you're actually ovulating. So there's a lot of knowledge and miseducation that play into infertility problems. But back to the symptoms. So you might have heard me say that PMS is indicative of hormonal imbalance. Yes, yes, yes. So many people expect and accept that they're just supposed to feel like shit every month. And it is not a part of a normal menstrual cycle. PMS might be common, but normal, no. Every single one of my menstruating clients has complained of these issues, and they all thought it was just a part of life that they had to deal with. You can have your period without the pain, without the emotional mood swings, insomnia, and other issues that can take you out of commission every month. And understanding how your menstrual cycle works, getting in tune with your body and how it feels, and learning to spot the symptoms of imbalance can get you on the right track to getting back in flow. If you'd like more guidance in this area, you can download my free mini guide to syncing with the moon for a better flow. It'll allow you to follow the natural cycles of life and give you a closer connection to your body. There's a link in the show notes, or you can get it at goodwitchkitchen.net slash flow. And finally, doors to my membership program, Superpower Your Natural Cycle, or SYNC, that's the abbreviation. <laughs> Their doors are open um, through January 31st, and it's a really educational and supportive community designed to help you implement all the cyclical knowledge that I teach through monthly masterclasses, new moon circles, and we also cover different themes every month that help you along in this process. So, so far we've covered deprogramming diet culture, which I think is foundational to all of this work, intuition nutrition. So that was about developing your intuition and also nourishing your body in a way that supports your intuitive development. And this month we focus on stress and sleep. And in February, we're going to move into fertility. So when you join, you'll get access to all the previous membership content. So there's plenty for you to dive into. And you also get my body basics mini course that gives you all the foundational information that you need for this work. You can learn more about this program and all the details at syncmembership.com. So S-Y-N-C membership.com. And again, doors close on January 31st. Thank you for listening to The Lunar Body. If you'd like to get in touch, you can email me at thelunarbody at gmail.com or find me on Instagram at goodwitchkitchen. If you liked what you heard today, I'd love for you to leave a review on iTunes. It helps lovely lunar feminists like you find my show. And my love language is words of affirmation, so I appreciate it on a deep soul level. See you next week.